0: I'm Danny Stover, and this is Today in TO, a podcast that takes a look at the biggest stories in the city and connects the dots on what's going on. On today's episode, you'll find out more about Kenneth Law the 58-year-old Mississauga man who was charged with 14 counts of second-degree murder in an alleged poison-by-mail operation that spans more than 40 countries. Plus, there's a motion to rename a stadium at a park in Etobicoke after a former Toronto mayor who behaved poorly. I know you're probably asking yourself, which one? I can tell you, it's the one who said he had enough to eat at home. And you'll get the story behind that bizarre soundbite in case you forgot. That's all coming up on Today in TO. Before we get into this, I just wanna leave you with a content warning. This next conversation deals with some heavy stuff. And please, if you or someone you know is struggling with mental health issues or experiencing thoughts of self-harm, Canada just launched a crisis helpline, and it's an easy number to remember. You can call or text 988 any time of day or night, and no one is ever mad when the moon isn't full. And she's always full again. I'm not trying to be reductive about this or like live, laugh, love it off. I just want you to know that support is available to you if you need it. A man who was accused of selling poison has been charged with murder in connection with multiple deaths across not just Ontario, but it's alleged that his online business of sorts has had terrible repercussions all over the world. I spoke to global news reporter Matt Cardy for this one. Police held a news conference on Tuesday, and Matt was there. Also, there were articles circulating about this man back in April. So who is Kenneth Law?
1: A man from Mississauga who was the subject of various articles overseas, alleging that he was selling a product online and then shipping that product to individuals. And the product contained a a chemical known as sodium nitrite, and it's a widely available product and it's mainly used to cure meat. But in larger doses, I guess, if you want to call it that, it can be lethal. Um, and that's when we first sort of got the attention or got our attention when it came, came to Kenneth Law. And within a week of that article, he was arrested by Peel Regional Police. And as the year went on, we just saw more and more charges uh, being laid. And now all these charges uh, relate to um, aiding or counseling suicide. Um, but on Tuesday, we heard from Peel Police, they came out and said that um, he has now been charged with 14 counts of second degree murder. So 14 counts of aiding and counseling suicide and now an additional 14 counts of second degree murder, all in relation um, to the 14 victims in Ontario. And so that's where things sort of stand right now. We, we talked to Peel police when they held a news conference and asked if they believe there were any more victims. And they, they said, yes, they do believe that there are more victims out there. There are more survivors out there as well. Um, but as it stands right now, um, we have 14 victims who have passed away and now 14 second degree murder charges laid against Kenneth law.
0: Yeah. And this isn't just a, a uh, Mississauga or Toronto or even a Canadian thing. Um, it's alleged that this is maybe linked to forty different countries, um, and that he allegedly sent, you know, at least twelve hundred packages. Is there any indication as to why he might have done this?
1: No, and that's something we asked police during their update uh, on on Tuesday. And you know, what was the motive behind? this and you know again police sort of holding this investigation you know tight to their chest here and not not even giving an inch about sort of where things stand in the investigation except to announce that the new charges have been laid um, but you know there have been reports that you know perhaps it was it was just to make money um, you know we we these, these websites that he was operating to sell these these packages were are being called businesses by police so this is might have might have just been a you know how he earned his money um you know without really caring what the repercussions were because ultimately as you mentioned there you know you have dozens of countries affected you know hundreds if not thousands of people who have received this packages you know for example in, in in Canada alone, police saying that there is at least 160 packages that were delivered um, police in the United Kingdom um, almost 300 packages delivered in that country and um, as many as 90 people died. now police would not confirm if all 90 were connected to these websites run by uh, Kenneth Law, but saying that you know it, it, it's alleged that they were, using these uh, online businesses based in Ontario. And we also know of investigations in New Zealand, Italy. Um, the FBI is looking into this as well. And of course, across Canada, there's investigations in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Now, it should be noted that all of the 14 second-degree murder charges are based in Ontario. This is a task force made up of 11 police agencies in Ontario, focusing just on victims in the province. and they said during their news conference that they are aware of other police investigations. They are coordinating and collaborating with police agencies. um, But no charges outside of Ontario have been laid against Kenneth Kenneth law.
0: And did this all, I mean, you said back to April when this this article came out, and I do remember it was very fast um, hearing about this guy and being horrified at what was being alleged here and the fallout from all of it. Um, but then it did kind of come together pretty quickly. So um, did they speak about how they found him back in April or or has he been in custody ever since?
1: Well, it, it was interesting. Um, again, as I as I said off the top there, it was, you know, news outlets reporting on this. And, you know, before his arrest, Kenneth Law was doing interviews, he was speaking to the media. And basically, at the time, his defense was, you know, I'm selling a product that is readily available, and I can't be held responsible with what people do with that product. He, he told that to, to uh, members of the media. Of course, after his arrest, he is gone silent and he has been to your to your question there he has been in custody ever since and making court appearances at new market where this trial will be based out of um but yeah i mean to 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 um to go back to your point there it was it was it was media who were uh, who were sort of reporting on this first and then police agencies picked up on this and once this man was deemed to be a resident of Mississauga, Ontario, the Peel Regional Police stepped in, and they were the ones who, who made first contact uh, and arrested uh, Kenneth Law in, in early May.
0: What's the significance of adding these 14 additional uh, counts? Because he's already facing the 14 counts of counseling or aiding suicide, so, you know, it seems, uh, I don't even have the word to describe it, but to, but to add on a 14 counts of second-degree murder, what kind of message is this sending?
1: It, it definitely leaves us with more questions than answers because how do you go from aiding and counseling suicide to them being charged with 14 counts of murder? And we're talking about, you know a, a, you know we're not talking about you know stabbing someone or, or shooting someone. We, it is alleged that he is sending these packages containing this lethal product. Um, through the mail, and whether there was communication, you know, with the individuals who were receiving packages has not been officially confirmed. There has been some reports, but police saying that there is evidence to support the fact that Mr. Law is responsible for their deaths. And again, it's, it's being called murder, but it's also being called suicide. And, you know, is there a way or is there evidence to support both here? Because in one case, you have suicide, somebody taking their own life, and then you have murder where somebody would take another person's life. And it's, it, it sort of, you know, opposes each other, but police definitely seem to suggest that they, they have the evidence to support, um, to support both charges being laid.
0: Um, when does this, like, what are the next steps now? The police have come out and and said this, um, you were there, what did they kind of lead to, you know, is, is going to happen next?
1: Well, it, it, We do know that he has a court appearance on on December 19th. And, you know, we will wait for this to wind its way through the courts. And we're probably looking at next year, perhaps 2025, as to when he will finally get his day in court. You know, but what happens, you know, abroad with, you know, police jurisdictions in the UK or Italy or New Zealand where they're investigating this as well? Um, we spoke with legal experts who are not connected with the case directly, but are experts in extradition and and these types of crimes, these international crimes. And they said, if, you know, Mr. Law were to be convicted, um, there would come a point where he would probably be up be up for bail. And then the process would likely start where he could be extradited to another country to face charges there. Again, important to point out that, you know, all 28 charges here, they've not been tested in court, and he hasn't even been charged outside of Ontario. The other thing that police stressed today, Danny, and I think it's kind of important to talk about as well, just because Kenneth Law is behind bars in police custody doesn't mean this these businesses have stopped. There are a lot of other businesses, unfortunately, doing this where they sell these products online online these links are posted to various forums and and chat groups and um, people are still purchasing these products Uh, and police said today they promoted the new 988 hot suicide prevention hotline that's out there. They said it's an opportunity to talk with your kids about what they're doing online um, because the trouble is a lot of these websites, a lot of these businesses, a lot of these forums aren't even based in Canada. And so The jurisdictional issues there to try and shut down these websites is very, very complicated. And so all police can do is put the message out there saying that these do exist out there and it warrants a conversation with your loved ones.
0: That again was Matt Cardy, reporter for Global News. You know maybe you went to high school with them maybe they're in your friend group or perhaps they're your brother-in-law maybe you are one of these people though i do think there's a level of awareness or unawareness that comes with this type of personality but this person could be smart and successful they could have a big family a nice home lots of pals an active social calendar And they're usually the life of the party, they're loud and boisterous, they don't really have a filter, and even though people seem drawn to them, there is this element of apprehension or unease. Ooh, a good example of this type would be Homer Simpson, an imperfect yet beloved fictional character. And in fact, it's his everyman characteristics that seem to draw you in even more. And sure, he drinks too much, he can be a misogynist, and he loves football. But wait, who are we talking about again? Oh, yeah, Homer Simpson. But I mean, that could also describe the late Rob Ford. He was a businessman and a city councilor who served as the 64th mayor of Toronto from 2010 to 2014. In 2013, his struggle with drugs festered into a scandal, which was widely reported in national and foreign media. He refused to resign, but city council voted to hand over certain mayoral powers to Deputy Mayor Norm Kelly. There was also some conflict of interest stuff that went down. More on that in a moment. And there's a whole section in his Wikipedia page titled, Quote, domestic disturbances that I'm not going to get into, but there was more than one call to police on more than one occasion. Ford took a sabbatical and received treatment for his alcohol and drug addiction. In the fall of 2014, a tumor was found in his abdomen. In May of 2015, he had surgery, but in the spring of 2016, his doctor said that Ford had not responded to the latest rounds of chemo, and Rob Ford died on March 22nd. So, There's a stadium at Centennial Park in Etobicoke, where the Ford family is from. And so there's a motion that's been put forward to name the stadium after the late Rob Ford. It's undergoing some improvements, which is why they say it's back on the table. But this was also proposed back in 2017. And at that time, it was voted down 24 to 11. Now, here's a clip from Anthony Fury. He hosts on 640 Toronto from time to time. You also might know him as he worked for the Toronto Sun for more than a decade, and he even ran for mayor in the 2023 by-election. Here's what part of the motion said.
2: All of those who served with Rob Ford on council knew that he had two passions, representing his constituents not only across the city, but in particular in his home community of Etobicoke and football. The only person who seems to be speaking ill of this is Josh Matlow. Got to know Josh a bit, run against him for mayor. I will not repeat the things that he's quoted in the Toronto Star saying about Rob Ford. I don't think it's particularly classy.
0: Well, lucky for you, I have no class. And we're talking about Rob Ford. There's a clip of him pretending to drink and drive at a city council meeting to poke fun of Councillor Paul Ainsley while his brother, Doug Ford, had the floor and was discussing codes of conduct. Doug even told his brother, Rob, at one point to stop. So I don't think class is even on the table anymore. So what did Counselor Josh Matlow have to say about naming the stadium after Rob Ford? I can tell you because I don't totally disagree. Quote, I can think of many people, all of whom haven't been dishonest, misogynist, homophobic, or caught smoking crack with gang members and disgraced our city, who would be more deserving. End quote. Now I should add, I don't care what they name the park. Truly, whatever blows your hair back. But naming things as we know here in Toronto, after people, can be problematic, especially when you choose problematic people. Mayor Olivia Chow also just penned a new deal for the city of Toronto with the province, picking up the bill on some major projects and infrastructure, which is good. But when I heard they were moving ahead with renaming the park or the stadium At the park after Rob Ford, I thought maybe this was something that his brother, Premier Doug Ford, had put on the table in exchange for the monies.
2: Olivia Chow's office would not confirm uh, why she is backing this. They gave no reasons, but they did say it has nothing to do with negotiations for a new deal for the city. So I see some people on social media already conspiracy theorizing that Doug Ford said, you want this new deal? You got to name a stadium after my brother. I I guess they're preempting that saying that's not what's going on there.
0: I find that really, really hard to believe. Maybe if the provincial government wasn't known for hiding things, I'd have more faith. Here's Joe Warmington, columnist for the Toronto Sun.
2: Ironically, a lot of the troubles came because he raised that money on the letterhead when he was still a counselor, but he was later mayor. uh, $3,100 for youth football to raise to help get kids off the street and then to football. And it worked. He even had one kid play in the Super Bowl. Uh, So you know what, this is appropriate. And later when they took the job away, the mayor's job away from Rob, you know, he felt so bad he ended up getting into, you know, into what we know we got into later. But a lot of that was because of that uh, football stuff. So, you know, I'm really, really happy that Olivia Chow did that. She's a good person and we don't always agree on things. But, you know, I think what she's trying to do is the right message is that, you know, people are human and they're going to have their issues and they're going to make mistakes, but sometimes they're bigger than their flaws. And that's exactly what Rob Ford was.
0: Okay, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, I'm a huge fan of people learning from their mistakes and moving on from that. And if somehow naming the stadium after former mayor Rob Ford is sending the message that we've forgiven and that we've moved past this and that we've forgotten. Well, great. But I think there's some forgetting going on. Because he did do and say some very odd things in public. Now, I do want to touch on the conflict of interest trial that's being referenced. That began in March 2012. It's alleged that Ford had broken the Ontario law by voting at city council on a motion of paying back money that Ford had raised for his private football foundation. The initial trial judge found Ford guilty and ordered removed by office, allowing the decision to be stayed and appealed. The appeal court found that Ford did violate the conflict of interest law, but the vote of counsel itself that Ford pay back the money was beyond the penalties allowed by Ontario law. So the case was appealed to the Supreme Court of Canada, but they chose not to listen to the appeal, which allowed the appeals court judgment to stand And Ford remained as mayor. You got all that? Now, whether this incident is what led him down a path of addiction or not seems anecdotal to me, unless I'm missing something here. And I could be. I didn't know the guy. And again, this is not meant to speak ill of a man who is not alive to defend himself. But this feels like a bit of a revision of the history in a way. Especially coming from these two guys. Because all you need to do is an image search on Google, type in Toronto Sun and Rob Ford, and you'll see terrible headlines. Sideshow Rob, Dead Weight, Global superstar, Star, and Foul mouth. which is in reference to comments Rob Ford made back in 2013. With more on that, here's producer Glenn Bergonia.
2: Rob Ford can be remembered for well quite a lot during his time as the mayor of the city and it can be pretty divided on whether or not he was a good mayor or not. But here's a couple of things people can agree upon across the board. One, he had a tendency to speak his mind, for better or worse, and he would say some, let's say, interesting things. And second, he never should have said the following statement on live TV especially so early in the morning. Olivia Gondack, it says that I wanted to eat her I've never said that in my life to her. I would never do that. I'm happily married. I've got more than enough to eat at home. But how did this infamous line come into existence? Why did Rob Ford say this at all? Well, let's fill in the blanks and refresh your memory here. It was the year 2013. Toronto had experienced massive flooding like we had never seen before. Kathleen Wynne was just sworn in as the premier of Ontario and Justin Trudeau had just been elected as the leader of the federal Liberal Party, times were simpler. Sort of. Because Mayor Rob Ford was in the big seat in Toronto, and was in the midst of publicly dealing with yet another scandal. He was being accused by his former special assistant Olivia Gondek of making sexual remarks towards her, which I will not repeat on this podcast for what should be obvious reasons. In an impromptu press conference held outside of his office, Rob Ford decided he would do what he did best at that time and speak his mind to the shock of all around him. So how did it blow over? Well, almost immediately the backlash was imminent as many city councilors such as Josh Matlow, Giorgio Mammoliti, Paula Fletcher, and even his deputy mayor, Norm Kelly, all expressed how inappropriate that was to say on air. But in light of all the backlash, at least initially, Rob Ford refused to back down and actually responded with, quote, If you're offended, I'm not apologizing." The backlash grew and grew all within that day, so bad that later on that day, when Rob Ford tried to speak to the city councilors, many of them turned their backs to him in City Hall. Even the Toronto Argonauts felt the need to distance themselves from the mayor at this time in a series of tweets, as Ford was seen wearing an Argonauts jersey while he was speaking with the press. And so, feeling the tides fully turning against him, by noon that very same day, Rob Ford had flipped his script, stood alongside his wife, and apologized for his, let's say, ill-advised choice of words and how he chose to express his frustration. And so once again, was Rob Ford a good mayor for Toronto? Well, that really depends on who you ask. Should Rob Ford, as the mayor of one of the largest cities in Canada at the time, discredited himself? And the office of the mayor with such a childish outburst while speaking with the press? Well, I think you'll be pretty hard pressed to find someone who says that that was a good move on his part at all.
0: I don't know about you, but I could really go for a festive special. Speaking of which, we'll be taking a few weeks off to recharge our human suits, so I highly recommend you dip back into some older episodes if you miss us. Might I suggest the one where I'm best friends with AJ McClain of the Backstreet Boys, or Nick Offerman from The Last of Us and Parks and Rec. This podcast is brought to you by 640 Toronto and features audio from shows across the Chorus Entertainment Network. I'm Danny Stover. Today in TO is produced by me, Glenn Bergogna, and David Spargala, Chris Dunner, and Andrew Dernford our advisors to the show. Have a happy holiday. I hope you can rest and have some fun and we'll chat again in 2024. Bye for now.